What if everything came with a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible? Like at the cantina. I'll take a half-calf spotchka. Lightweight. Here's your free audiobook download for Master and Apprentice from Audible. Or getting your pod racer serviced. My pod racer needs upgrades to the coupling and stabilizer. And here's your free audiobook download for Resistance Reborn from Audible. Life in the galaxy doesn't work that way, but there is one place you can go where you can get a free Star Wars audiobook from Audible. And that's utini.com slash audible. Click the Audible logo and start your 30-day free trial, which includes a free audiobook download. So visit utini.com slash audible and get your free Star Wars audiobook download today. I'm Rebecca Roanhorse, author of Resistance Reborn, and you are listening to the Living Force Podcast. Welcome to the Living Force Podcast. A Utini production. We'll not condone a course of action that will lead us to war. Episode 57, The Legacy of Padme Amidala. I am Queen Amidala. <laughs> On this episode, a terrarium update. You Jedi are far too reckless. Happy birthday to Attack of the Clones. We live in a real world. Come back to it. And the Utini crew explores the character of Padme Amidala. What if the democracy we thought we were serving no longer exists? And now, here are your hosts. Thank you, Ambassador. But my place is with my people. Dr. Corey Helton, Eric Eilerson, Dr. Charles Hankel, and Wes Jenkins. Excellent. Doing it. Actually, when we hit record, that's like the opposite of going live. We're going, like, permanent. Like, no. saved. Yeah, it's like, Ooh, no, it's pressure. no pressure. No pressure. Like, secret. This is forever. Yeah, uh, when, uh... When all the, the the bombs have launched and all the cockroaches are alive, it'll be just them and podcasts that will be left on the earth. <laughs> I'm not sure what to make of just that. Littered with USB drives all over the world of podcasts. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine that oh if you're like in an apocalyptic scenario and you're like you've had no entertainment for seven years and you just find the last like little piece of media and you plug it into a computer oh it's just enough juice and it's like episode 41 of our podcast and you're like we are no! the last jedi <laughs> i yeah. thought it was an album <laughs> oh my god okay before i get us a really cool transition i want to just call timothy's comment in the chat right now he says, I see that Astro's Empire poster behind you. Did Palpatine cheat at the end of Return of the Jedi? I bet Yup Tashu banged in a trash can to prompt Palpatine to transfer his essence. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's coming in hot. Oh, damn, throw in some shade. Oh Jeez. god, for those of us that are the, the Venn diagram of baseball and Star Wars fans, that's a fantastic joke. Yeah, and y'all yes. can all kiss my Houston Astros loving ass, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you can. And no, you can also do. You can listen to episode 57 of the Living Force podcast. Welcome, everyone, to the Padme Amadella spectacular episode of our show. Oh, my gosh. We are here on a, what is it, Saturday afternoon? Evening? Whatever day. Whatever it take, is. I don't keep track of days when I'm on night shift. It's night shift. Day 472. It's quarantine uh. mixed with night shift, and we are here talking about Star Wars books and Padme Amidala. I am one of your hosts, Eric Eilerson, and joining me, as always, are the doctors. We have Dr. Corey Helton. Hello. What's crackalacking? Hey, I love those terrariums in your shop, man. They're pretty uh, yes, cool. Yes, we got terrariums. We got a terrarium right there. Where my fi- uh, finger, finger, uh, there. Terrarium. Yes, there's the terrarium. It's a small one. I literally rushed to carry it in here because I was like, ooh, I'm going to show a terrarium in my shot. And now, is that, I got this. Is that a plant outside of a jar? 
next to it? Yes. What yes, is going that is on a there? Plant. That is a uh, that is a parlor palm. I want to say. Uh, wow, and you and you, you guys may that. you may recognize that accusatory voice is Dr. Charles Henkel. What's up, sir? <laughs> How's it going? Just channeling my inner Tarkin. Oh, perfect. We love that. And lover of the cheating ass Houston Astros himself, Wes Jenkins. Hey, buddy. What's up? <laughs> oh, we are all here because we love Star Wars books. We love Padme Amidala, and we love doing a show. So we are going to talk later on in this show about how the expanded universe has expanded the legacy of one of the great senators in the history of Naboo. But before that, a couple things. First of all, guys, we have a birthday to celebrate. Today is the 18th birthday of Attack of the Clones. Episode Yay. two is eighteen years old. Man. Holy it's finally shit! Old enough to be less uh, statutory rapey. So less creepy. Less creepy. Attack of the Clones, I guess, is good. Yeah, that's what I said. Totally. Let's go with that. Yeah, I'm gonna make it sound better. Uh, but yes, eighteen years ago, uh, I'm sure a lot of us were sitting in the theater and saw Yoda uh, fire up a lightsaber for the first time. Probably one of the most formative moments of my young life. Do you guys remember what your what your first thoughts on Attack of the Clones were like as children in the theater walking out? How do you feel about it? Oh, I mean, seeing the Geonosis Arena and all of those Jedi, it was like wildest dreams times a hundred, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one, I don't know. I was, I was young, but I didn't expect that much. Yeah, me either. Me either. Actually, I just, re- I just realized this. Like, literally this very moment. Attack of the Clones is the first movie I ever saw more than one time in theaters. Wow. Yeah, I just realized that. And it was the flipping Geonosis scene. You're totally right. Yeah, I mean, it changed a lot of stuff. I mean... It did. When I was a kid, there was no question in my mind that the prequels were better than the original trilogy. Like, even after just just Phantom Menace Attack of the Clones. Like, I, I want to see Attack of the Clones so many times. The Yoda moment was probably my favorite. And even though it's, like, fallen in my rankings, as life has gone on, I still, like, those moments still hit me. Wes, how about you? Did it, like, make you flip a shit? Attack of the Clones was actually one of my favorite of the prequels up until Mm. everybody started bashing it. And I was trying to look back. I was like, why is it so bad? And then I watched it a couple more times, and the love scenes were terrible. But... Yeah, you can't... The Genosis scenes, I mean, that's what really got me. It's like, oh, all those Jedi. Like, there's more than just... You know, Luke Skywalker and, you know, two other people. Yeah, yeah, like, the amount of lightsabers. I remember, I think it was an earlier episode, we talked about, like, how many lightsabers were in the universe before Attack of the Clones. And then post-Geonosis yeah. fight, it expands, like, a hundredfold. Well, it's yes. it's one of those movies that it weirdly, I think, has some of the best moments of all of the prequels and some of the worst. And, unfortunately, yes. it's just remembered for some of the worst because... I, I mean, the sand comment, you know, a yes. lot of those love scenes are All really the rough to get through. All Anakin and Padme. Yeah, but man, yeah. you get you get to Geonosis, you enjoy a lot of the stuff on Kamino, like the mm-hmm. like Django versus Obi Wan. I mean, that is yep. that yeah, is totally. top of the line prequels. Oh Absolutely. yeah, there's there's certainly more lore I think in Attack of the Clones and probably any other Star Wars film. Period. Like all the alien planets and stuff, we get so much cool stuff in uh, in Attack of the Clones. The entire introductory scene too is is fantastic. Yeah. Like, outside of like like even the dialogue is not really bad. Like after you get from um like when when Anakin is like why and Obi Wan's like the fuck <laughs> you say to me and he's like and he's like. Why do we have to listen to the Jedi Council all the time? And blah, 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 blah. After that scene, and it's less, there's no more cringy dialogue. Like when Anakin and Obi-Wan are like arguing about politics and stuff, like that's pretty, that's pretty cool. And then that whole 
scene where Obi-Wan dives out of the flipping apartment. Oh, yeah, and the whole the, the chase through Coruscant. Yes, that's fantastic. I absolutely love that. So I've always had a special place in my heart for Attack of the Clones. It was like, it was probably the, probably the first, uh, I don't think I got into like DVDs and VHS and stuff until like Attack of the Clones came out. I was old enough to like have my own VCR and a TV in my room and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and like I used to sneak and like like get the VHS and watch it like mm-hmm. like late at night. And it was like the first one I ever had. I watched it over and over again. So I've always had a special place in my heart. And I'm with you, Wes. I didn't even realize that it was like kind of disliked until relatively recently, the last five, ten years at least. Yeah. Well, and I think Attack of the Clones 2 has been one of those books that really benefits from the expanded universe, uh, which, again, we'll get into a lot later uh, as we go forward. But, like, people, like, looking in here, Timothy was saying, shout-out to the novelization for expanding that Boba-Jango relationship. We're going to yeah. – spoilers for it, we're going to hit later on in this show, absolutely. But There are multiple covers, too. There's the Yo- As- there's a Yoda cover that's out there. There's this Anakin, Padme, Django cover. Well, I mean, and Django Fett alone, like I learning that Boba Fett was a young clone was huge. Like when I was young, I read some of those young Boba Fett books because of this movie. Like I thought it was so yeah. cool that we saw him, and it expanded so much. You're right. Like the entire Clone Wars started in this movie. So, yeah. all that being said, we got some great stuff we loved. Some stuff that we improved upon later, and happy birthday, 18 years since Attack of the Clones. If you haven't watched Attack of the Clones in a while, I would highly recommend, you know, if you're if you're working from home, it is a perfect movie to, like, throw on in another window, like, with the sound off and subtitles on, because you know it. Just kind of have it on for the visuals, <laughs> let it play along. Like, when Anakin rides that speeder on Tatooine and the sun's in the background, like, that's mm. an amazing snapshot, and there's a lot of those in Attack of the Clones. Yeah. Absolutely. So, happy birthday. We'll celebrate that a little later on in the show. A couple other things. Corey, you started a new endeavor this week with your chosen life partner. That is correct. Just what Dr. Helton needs is more hobbies, right? Yeah, you're so (laughs) bored. Yes, I am absolutely so bored. I have nothing to do. I definitely don't have enough hobbies. Mm -hmm. I love hobbies, guys, if you haven't figured this out yet. I love learning new things and trying something for a while and then giving it up for a while and picking it back up. I love it. It's my favorite thing. So Caitlin and I picked one up together. It's kind of rare that we find stuff that we both love doing together. So, like, um, it's always exciting when our hobbies overlap. We uh, started Twitch streaming this week. Um, We have a new Twitch channel, uh, Doc in Mental. I'm a doctor. She's a therapist. Get it? Doc in Mental. Um, Where we are (laughs) documenting... Uh, what it's like as a couple who wants to play video games together but doesn't really know like what to play, like how often to do it, like where do we even find games we would like together because we have very different taste in video games like a lot of couples do. I like FPS games, uh, I like some strategy games like Civilization. Caitlin grew up playing Pokemon, a little bit of Harvest Moon. So like, like it's, it's always been a challenge trying to find stuff that we enjoy playing together. So that's the entire premise of the Twitch stream. We're going to try to... Um, at least get together once a week, kind of a, a scheduled date night where we play video games together on Thursdays at 7 p.m. That's that's currently the plan. It's probably going to be kind of wishy-washy for the first month here while I'm on night shift, uh, but I get off of that in June. So, um, you know, come check it out. Uh, Documental, we stream every Thursday at 7 p.m. Which is awesome. I mean, I, I love that. I love you guys to do something together. I think that a lot of a lot of couples may struggle with that, especially ones with slightly different interests. But huge shout-out to you guys. Keep your eyes posted, I'm sure, in the Discord channels. Especially in that video games channel, we will be putting that on every single week. 
couple other smaller things. Um, a quick little thing. I just wanted to point out that I got to get an advanced copy of Poe Dameron Free Fall by Alex Segura. That's coming out in August. And even though there's still an embargo on like full reviews, full things, I just wanted to say to you guys, I've talked about it a little bit in Discord, it's really, really good. Um, I know Queen's Peril is going to get all the publicity right now, as it should, so we don't want to go too far into it. But... For my two cents, Poe Dameron Free Fall is a fantastic freaking book. It's very much like Most Wanted by Ray Carson, if you really like that. So uh, pre-orders are up now at utini.com. Uh, Corey just also brought on a surprise guest, so I'm going to let him talk so the video goes to him. Uh, good Lord. All right, Juliana, here's Kylo. He like <laughs> – it's funny that you said that. I looked up and I saw that <laughs> I saw that message, <laughs> and he just happened to like walk by as I – as I, I looked over, I'm like, hey, come here, come here. You're excited to be on the stream. Say hello. He's growing. He's getting big. Um, he's still a menace. <laughs> we're, we're, we're potty training. It's uh, not going well. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Not so much phantom, just all menace. <laughs> yes, all menace, no phantom. Oh, yeah. he's it a cute boy. Is. And for our audio friends, uh, that was Corey's dog. He's amazing and adorable. Corey, can you describe him in explicit detail? Explicit detail. He's small and black. He's an Aussie doodle, which I've been instructed does not mean golden retriever and poodle like I thought it meant. Apparently, it's poodle and dog because apparently lots of – I don't know. I don't know anything <laughs> about dogs. Caitlin is the dog whisperer, right? So, you know, he's cute. Now I have Ray and I have Kylo. We have two poodle-ish dogs. Adorable, baby. Well, I'll see if I can get uh, Morton to join on a little bit later. We'll see what happens. Uh, one other thing before we get into some Patreon updates, I wanted to address – that there were a lot of rumors, I emphasize that that word, about The Mandalorian Season 2 this week. Um, we're generally not going to talk about those on this show a lot. We are an Expanded Universe podcast mainly. But, uh, y'all, I would just encourage everyone to uh, manage your expectations about these casting rumors. Because of now, I think there are roughly 87 people confirmed to be in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. So, there's no way that all these people can be in it. Uh... As stuff becomes official to StarWars.com, we will totally talk about it. But in case you were coming here for your for your hot goss um, about these leaks and rumors and con- confirmations of clickbait articles, not what we're going to do. So, sorry. I'm not. Corey's not, not sorry, sorry at all. all. He don't care. He don't care at all. That's right. All right, so a couple of Patreon updates. Uh, we got a new patron this week, James Hawkins. Welcome. Welcome to the family. We... Thanks for hanging out and getting uh, a bunch of other shows of us doing this thing. Yeah, guys, our Patreon is kind of huge now. I, I realized that we were talking about that this week, uh, Eric, because, mm-hmm. like, like, yeah, we do this show every single week, but we have, like, you know, depending on the week, maybe three shows extra that will come out in a given week. Yeah. Like, we now have Legends Look Back, um, which is all about Legends. We have uh, You're in Charlie's show, mm-hmm. um, The Ghost Crew, which now has some sweet new artwork. Oh, my God. Joxy killed mm. it. Absolutely killed it on the new Ghost Crew artwork. Couldn't be more oh happy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's incredible. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. And then we also have uh, Bounty Hunt, which is sort of on hiatus. We're still thinking about what we want to do. I think we're going to start kicking that off pretty soon here. So, But it's a bunch of stuff. Yeah. It's really <laughs> cool. And speaking of those, uh, Legends Look Back, that Darth Bane Path of Destruction episode is out right now. Uh, and Truce at Bakura, as a reminder, is the next book. So if you want your next book while you're waiting for your Queen's Peril pre-order to come in, Truce at Bakura. So you can catch up with those. Another Patreon update. We did put it in the last show, but I wanted to say it a 
officially on this one at the start. Uh, Cheryl Bell joined our Jedi High Council recently to help get us to that I Jedi reading milestone. Oh my God! Do we have to talk Are we there? about this? No, we're not. No, but we're, we're closer not than we were. We have to talk about this. So we were trying to think of new Patreon goals, right? Because, you know, Dr. Helton is nothing except a, a, a shill for money, right? So, that's you. Um, that's right. That is absolutely me, right, apparently. Um, so we're trying to think of the, you know, we need we need good Patreon goals, like get people the next step. But also it's just a feature of Patreon, and it, like, alerts you every time you log in. Like, it's like, hey, you need a goal. So it's like, you make you feel guilty for not having goals, even though I don't know we really care about it that much. So... Um, we're like, we need a new goal. So we were talking about what we should do, and Eric had a genius idea. <laughs> a genius idea of forcing me to read I, Jedi for an hour. <laughs> Out like, loud in front of people. <laughs> yes. Like, why? Why is this a thing? And But also, you know, my, my inner business sense is tingling like, it's genius. That's, that's genius. Watch me squirm on camera, and uh, yeah. Okay, so we'll do it. Yep. We'll do it. It's coming. It's coming. So uh, that was for you, Cheryl. <laughs> so get ready for that. Keep your eyes on Patreon. We'll keep you guys updated on that progress. Uh, and if you want more of this nonsense, remember if you're not subscribed to our show, this is your first show. Welcome to it. Uh, be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Every week we are talking about the Star Wars expanded universe and all the goings on over at Utini. And go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes to help people find us. And at Utini.com, we got your reviews, articles, and comprehensive book profiles on every single story in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, speaking of books, we have a little bit of book news this week. Not a ton. Uh, first of all, a reminder to everyone. Queen's Peril, the prequel. The Padme prequel to Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnson will be released on June 2nd. And Alphabet Squadron Shadowfall, the sequel to Alphabet Squadron by Alexander Freed, will be released on June 23rd. Those pre-orders are live. Remember, look those up on Utini. We got Amazon links. We got all the affiliates you could want. And after each of those books releases, 30 days-ish after, we are going to be doing roundtables uh, on those books. So Queen's Peril Roundtable is going to hit you at the beginning of August. And the Alphabet Squadron Roundtable, wow, based on those numbers, is maybe three weeks after? We'll see how that works. <laughs> That's going to be a lot tight. Of roundtables. Charles, I hope your summer's not too busy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just usual doctoring, no big deal. You'll we'll make be it happen. Fine. Yeah, and uh, speaking of those, Queen's Shadow itself was on the Star Wars show Book Club uh, this past week. So at the time of. Let's see, release of this podcast, if you're not on the Patreon feed, it's uh, about a week ago Friday. Uh, every Friday, the Star Wars show is talking about a new book. They did Alphabet Squadron first, then they did Queen's Shadow. Definitely go check that out on YouTube. They have E.K. Johnston on there herself talking about some interview questions, talking about some Queen's Peril. Very, very cool. All right, a couple of book reviews. Because, again, over on UTini, you can leave your book reviews, and we'll read them on this show. Oh, uh, we got three this week. Uh, we got... Wow, I almost, I almost spoiled what they were. But where's the fun in that? Let's reveal them one by one. Um, <laughs> All right. Let's do – hey, Corey, do you want yes. to tackle this first one? I will absolutely tackle this first one. This is a review of Thrawn by Timothy Zahn, the new canon Thrawn, not like Thrawn Trilogy Thrawn, but Thrawn, the first of the quote-unquote uh, canon Thrawn Trilogy. And this is by Alex Kay. He says, five stars – uh, my first Thrawn book. 
Well, that's very interesting. Although a lifelong Star Wars fan, my foray into Star Wars books did not begin until the past year or so. Thrawn is one of the first canon books I've completed, and I was not disappointed. The best way I can describe the book is a slow burn, but one that gives a thorough and detailed look into Thrawn's backstory and insight into how he thinks and operates. As a fan of the show Rebels, I also appreciate how well this novel ties into the series. If you haven't watched Rebels yet, I highly recommend reading this book first to enhance that experience. Having finished this one, I'm looking forward into diving into more of Zahn's Thrawn books. This is essential reading for any Star Wars fan. Five stars. I totally back that up, actually. I've told you guys this before. Thrawn is probably in my top five-ish. Oh, yeah. Books. I loved that yeah. book. I really, really enjoyed it. That's a solid Thrawn book, and it's one that I haven't read since uh, Thrawn Alliances and Thrawn Treason came out that like weren't, weren't necessarily as good, so I'd like to go back to reread it at some point soon <clears throat> to really like yeah. understand, okay, but how good was this first one? You know what yeah. I mean? Absolutely. It might be a good book to maybe not do a full roundtable on, maybe revisit before the new Thrawn trilogy comes out. Yeah. Because the Thrawn book does, in a way, kind of stand alone because it is, you know, it's just an origin story, right? Right. So, like, origin stories always stand alone. Like, you don't have to know stuff about Rebels. Yes, it has tie-ins that are subtle, but you don't have to know all that stuff um, to really go. Yeah. And it also feels like, you know, we've talked a lot about how we have kind of felt that maybe Zahn's hands were a little bit tied uh, in how he produced the second second two books. It seems like he had a lot of freedom with that one. Absolutely. Um, yeah. it, it feels like it feels like hardcore, old-school legend Zahn to me. So I love Thrawn. I highly recommend it. Five stars. Great review, man. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next book I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, uh, it's a Legends book by Fulcrum Andor, which is an awesome username, uh, and what I hope is the title of the Cassian show. Spoiler for me. Uh, I hope it's just called Fulcrum. Uh, they re- revealed <laughs> Tales of the Bounty Hunters by various authors, gave it three stars, and says, high highs, low lows. And says, to start out, uh, they go story by story, so I'll go through them quickly. The IG-88 story was my least favorite of the bunch. It was relatively interesting, but wasn't a good way to start the book. It never quite captured my attention, and I didn't really get a good sense of the stakes. Dengar's story, on the other hand was my favorite of the stories. After being disappointed by the IG-88 story, I found myself shocked to be unable to stop reading. Bosk's story lands in fourth. It wasn't super memorable, but I didn't dislike it either. I actually found the side plot to be rather interesting. Next up is Zuckus and Forlom's story, which I'm placing third. Similar to Bosk's story, the side plot was more interesting to me than the story of Forlom and Zuckus, but the way that the two stories came together was fantastic. Last in the book is the story of Boba Fett, which lands in second place for me because it successfully gives us not only great development for Boba, but for Han as well. I would definitely recommend this book, especially if you love bounty hunters. I've always been more of a Jedi person, so I was surprised particularly at how quickly and enjoyably I got through Dengar, Boba Fett, and Forlom and Zuckus' stories. Three stars. Wow, nice. Yeah, and I think it's a great way to look at those anthology-type books because books like Tales of the Bounty Hunter, uh, From a Certain Point of View, Tales from Mos Eisley Cantina, like... Each story might a uh, canto bite as well. Each story might not be yeah. your thing, but that's the cool thing about those anthologies is that you can kind of pick and choose which ones you really love. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. And we've had a lot to say about you know the the giant canon. I think um, anthology story is certainly from a certain point of view. And we've talked a lot about if you're going to read that one, you probably ought to do the audiobook because the audiobook is quite the experience. There's like I think there's multiple narrators in that project. Oh yeah, I think every single story sure has a different one. I think different for the most author, part. at least. I don't know how many narrators are actually in the audiobook, but yeah. the it's it's a very interesting experience. I will never forget the uh, the Kubaz story I've talked yep. about. Like <laughs> the Kubaz story in the audiobook format is utterly fantastic. Yeah. Like 
he really goes into the voice. He does the voice really, really well. And he's the whole the whole thing is narrated in this nasally voice. It's really incredible. And a slight so. spoiler: uh, the Boba Fett story is narrated by John Hamm. So oh, wow. if you want some, oh yeah, oh Big it's man. a it's a it's a lovely experience for the ears. Wow. Well, I cool I just stuff. have two thoughts. One, find your IG eighty eight. That's throwback That's right. to, our, to yes! our Nerd Herder episode. Go listen to that if you haven't heard it. I think that was our first uh, crossover with our first podcast. guest. Yes. And number first two, I now know that Eric is a four LOM guy. He's not a four LOM guy. You know, there's oh, two yeah. caps out there. Nice. ATAT or ADAT, similar. Yeah, okay, let's exactly. go around that. Who's a? Is anyone here a four LOM guy? That's me. I'm an LOM. Yeah, you're a four LOM. I'm an LOM. Nope. Four LOM always. All right. Uh, let's let's go. How do you say ATAT? At at ATAT. I say oh, at. Oh God, Eric and I er, Eric and I. Okay, Corey and I are complete <laughs> opposites on everything. <laughs> As is appropriate. Oh wow. Okay. Well, let's get out of this out of this grueling fight we're in. Uh, Charles, take the last review for one of your favorites. Yeah, let's talk about something where there's no controversy. Uh, the novel Kenobi by John Jackson Miller. So Ashley B is the one that reviewed this over on the site, gave it four stars and said a slow but fun read. If you're a fan of Obi-Wan or just getting into the Star Wars Legends universe, this is absolutely a must read. It gives a lot of insight into the character of Obi-Wan. Though a little slow sometimes, this book is definitely a Star Wars essential for fans of the prequels or originals. Um, yeah, that's true. It's a great kind of tie-in book between the prequels and the original trilogy. Uh, I could totally see how, you know, you might find it a little bit slow at times. Um, it's one of, uh, you know, those classic Western type stories where you kind of have to learn some new ancillary characters. But once you buy into those characters, I think it really flies. Uh, and, and overall, one of my absolute favorites. Yeah. Super solid book. And I do find that with books like Kenobi and things like it's really interesting when you read them. Like what 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 point of your life are you in? Like, do you want a book that's a little more chill? Do you want something that's a little more exciting and, and kind of rambunctious? So I think that's always something uh, interesting to bring in. Uh a quick shout out. Uh Alex K actually just wrote in the chat. Thanks for reading the Thrawn review. Thanks for watching, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh currently currently reading Thrawn Alliances. He says it's a very different feel, but still it enjoying is. it. And uh, yeah, that may come up a little later in this show as well for reasons that will soon become apparent. Uh, so those are our reviews for this week. If you want your book reviews on this very show, look up your book on utini.com. Scroll down to the bottom of the page. Add a star rating and a user review. You can also email us at livingforcepod at utini.com. Tweet at us at livingforcepod. Or join our freaking thriving utini Discord community by going to utini.com slash discord. All right. Last couple things before we get to the queen, the senator, the freaking icon of Padme Amidala. We got some Utini updates. Y'all, the behind the scenes at Utini have been flipping nuts lately. Uh, we want to start with a bunch of foundational guides we got going. Corey, what in the world have we been editing and writing and going through these last oh few gosh. weeks? Yeah, so you know, you guys know that we've sort of restructured Utini as a company to really focus on like bringing people into the expanded universe for the first time. And we have found that the best way to do this, based on like all this analysis of how people find our website through Google Analytics and all this fancy behind the so scenes, many numbers, so many numbers, so many numbers. It's a lot of a lot of mumbo jumbo if you're not familiar with it. But we've we've essentially found that by far and away the most popular content on our site is this sort of long form. 
Um, you know, uh, people search for things like how to get into Star Wars books, what's the best Star Wars books, what's the first one I should read, that sort of stuff. So we, we have really built this entire model around like these foundational guides of like if you don't know anything about Star Wars and you're seeking answers, this is what you need to read, everything in one place. We have a ton of them in the works. Like there's a big new huge Ultimate Comics guide up that Eric put together. Thank you for that, Eric. It's really incredible if you've uh, if you've never gotten into comics for the first time this is like this is like everything you need to know it's got a history of comics like the best stuff to read first it's super thorough it's really really good um, we have some best books of all time that's coming down the pipeline um, where we literally just go through all the best Star Wars books literally by uh, the objective rating system that Utini has put together um, it's like like what we feel are the best Star Wars books ever written we have a canon guide coming a legends guide coming um, all of this can currently be found on the site. You kind of might have to search around a little bit. It's kind of frustrating, actually, um, to hit the search button and actually search for, like, Comics Guide, that sort of thing. Um, we're working on a, a big restructuring of the site. It's coming soon where all this stuff is very easily accessible. It takes a lot of time to do these type of web design changes. So, um, you know, big stuff has to has to happen. It takes time. Yeah, and and, and once all those are, are all rolled out, where you're going to be able to find them in, like, one solid place where you can find all the Ultimate Guides because... Again, a lot of people, even if you've read a lot of Star Wars books, you got some friends that haven't, or you have some family members that haven't, and you're like, I want to send you this one guide that can help you, that can say, like, all right, you're in your comics right now, hey, there's a site I'm on, I know you want to talk to me about the stuff, but you don't necessarily want to start where I tell you to, look at this guide, it'll go you step by step by step, and on things like our best books guide, it literally breaks it down to, what's the best Legends book, canon book, YA book? Um, like it goes bit by bit to really, really, really help you all out. And if you're not into canon, great. We've got legends. If you're not into legends, great. We got canon. It'll all be coming down the pipeline. We're so excited to share that with you. And additionally, uh, in addition to structuring an entire website differently into creating a bunch of guides to fundamentally change how people get into Star Wars books, we're adding another wing of Utini pretty soon, uh, which yes. is our video wing. Yeah, um, man. So this has been a long time coming. Um, this is this is pretty cool to get to sort of announce this officially on the show. Um, Utini is. I'm proud to say Utini is finally going to break into the video market. So video is challenging, guys. If you've ever, uh, I don't know how how many folks we have in our community that are that are YouTubers that are out there uh, running YouTube channels and that sort of thing. It's a lot of work. It's a big investment. It takes the right talent. It takes a ton of experience. Um, the barrier to entry on really good, high-quality video content is enormous. It's very, very high. It takes a lot of, a lot of effort and time and energy to get there. And I'm proud to say that we're finally there. Um, yep. And what did we do? We hired people that know how to do did. it. <laughs> we did. We did. If, if Utini is nothing else, it is a community of, of really, really talented people. Our team is, is really, really talented. Of I've just somehow – I built this crazy thing on a psychiatry rotation on a, on a whim, and I, I run it. But I have, I have honestly very little to do with a lot, a lot of stuff that happens. The at, word at you're Utini. looking for, Corey, I believe is conned. Yes, I con. If you guys have ever seen that scene in uh, in Huckleberry Finn, where uh, or is it yeah, Tom Sawyer? Tom, Tom Sawyer, he like tricks everybody into painting the fence. I'm pretty sure that's what I did somehow with with Utini. But Star Wars is awesome. We're really excited to be here. We've assembled a really incredible video team. We have mm-hmm. a huge team already, some really great video hosts, some really professional video editors. I'm really, really proud of where we're going. You know, we're shooting for a, a level of quality that's like somewhere between TV, like Star Wars show, which is quite frankly TV quality, and like uh, like 
all the other YouTubers that are currently on Star Wars. So it's gonna be it's gonna be very professional. Could you the hear us all at the same time thinking, "Don't say a specific name. Don't say a specific <laughs> name." I swear to yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Listen, <laughs> like everybody on YouTube, Star Wars is really, really great content. We're really proud of all those folks, and we have some cool partnerships actually coming up with some of them. So yep. we we love all the Star Wars YouTube. There's nobody doing books really well um, right mm-hmm. now. I, I don't I don't think books nobody doing book reviews, yep. book reviews, helping people get into books for the first time. So we're really gonna focus on video content that's very similar uh to what's the stuff that's on our website um and uh, we're really shooting for like helping people get into something for the first time which is really nobody is really trying to do that right now so um don't take what i just said the wrong way i'm not (laughs) saying that anybody on youtube is not up to par because you know everybody on youtube is doing really really incredible stuff right now and uh we just hope to to break the barrier to entry to getting into the books a little better Absolutely. And the second those videos start going live, which again will be when they're ready, when we've actually put the work in, we're not going to put out any kind of half-assed content. We want you guys to be proud of the stuff that we're creating for you. So we're going to put those links obviously all over the website, Discord, socials, uh, and we will keep you posted. But we wanted to have a nice grand reveal that that is coming down the pipeline very soon. Uh, So when you get, I don't know, in the future, what could we get? We could get when there's a written review out, maybe you also get a video review a little bit later that gives the same kind of stuff. If there's a written guide that goes out, maybe there's a video summation of that guide, things like that. Um, and obviously, we are tr- going to be try to be as active in the community as we can to see what you want to see. What do you want to see? What do you want us to produce? What do you want to share with your friends? So we are all about that coming up. All right. On that note, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're going to stretch our legs. We're going to rehydrate. We're going to come back and talk all about Magnificent Padme Amidala. We'll see you in a couple minutes. Hello there, I'm Meg, and I'm a content creator here at Utini. A few years ago, before I even knew Utini existed, I was beside myself trying to figure out which Star Wars books I was missing out on. I didn't even know where to go to see what new books were coming out. But the most frustrating thing was that I didn't have anyone to talk to about these books when I did end up reading one. Utini changed my life before I even officially joined the team. And if you're listening to this now, chances are it's changed your life too. It's our mission to not only help you figure out which Star Wars books to read next, but also to provide a positive space where you can talk about these stories when you're done with them. If you haven't joined our Discord, now's the perfect time. We talk about Star Wars books, news, TV shows, and yeah, sometimes our dogs. Here we're all about community. And Discord is a great place to find people within this community. Want to join the conversation? Head over to utini.com slash discord and introduce yourself. But you might want to finish listening to the rest of this episode first. See you over on Discord, and as always, may the force be with you. And we are back! Wow! What a great cameo that was! I think it was high quality. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we are back. Uh, Living Force Podcast, episode 57. If you skip to this part, you have really good aim on your scrubber. Uh, we're talking about Padme, guys. It's Padme Amidala time because, as we said earlier in the show, Queen's Peril. Queen's Peril. <laughs> I, re- I read the word cameo that Heather just wrote, and my, my brain put Are them you together. you channeling your inner, inner, uh, inner trade federation right there? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Queen's Peril is coming out on June 2nd. Uh, when and it looks something like this. I just want to point um, out that Pero is Spanish for dog, and I really now want a Star Wars book about Padme's dog. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> Queen's, Queen's Pero. Pero. That'd be amazing. <laughs> uh, but Queen's Perul uh, will be coming out in a little bit. 
Uh, so we decided we would talk about Padme. Uh, Padme is a character that obviously has been around since uh, 21 years ago now, since Phantom Menace. Uh, but really kind of came into her own, I would say, 18 years ago in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. And has had an up-and-down relationship with some Star Wars fans. Um, partially because of how her fate ends up in Episode 3. Partially um, because of kind of how some dialogue worked in Episode 2. But I think over the last few years especially, has had a huge renaissance in the Expanded Universe. And that's a huge part of the Expanded Universe is taking characters and giving them life beyond the movies themselves. So, guys, I just want to start out by asking y'all, what was your first impression of Padme when you were a kid? Now, this could be, like, were you a Padme fan episode one? Did she really get to you episode two? Episode three, did you never really care? What was what was the feel about Natalie Portman's character? Uh, she was a babe. <laughs> yep. Can we just say out, Very out, out attractive out person. We can say that, and we can yeah. say that. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean Padme was always a really cool character. I don't think for me it was really until the the Clone Wars that I truly appreciated her as a oh, a, sure. a, a deep character mm-hmm. with uh you know a lot of a lot of angles, right? A lot of uh a lot of thoughts in I don't know. She she just she's just so developed in the Clone Wars. Like she's so independent from Anakin. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really have that I don't think throughout the throughout the films as much. So uh, Clone Wars for me. Yeah, and you really get into Padme, the politician in the Clone Wars, I think, too. Like, yeah. you see her actually having power alongside our Lord and Savior, Bail Organa, and, like, peop- people that are also very powerful. You see her, and, like, all those things that were deleted in Attack of the Clones, you see that character come up. Uh, Charles, what about you? Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, I was I was young. I'm 27. I was, like, uh, six years old when The Phantom Menace came out. So I don't know that I really understood the nuances of her character at the time. And I've said on this show before that I think the prequels actually, just due to time constraints, really hurt Padme's character. She has a much more robust story that's in uh, the deleted scenes. And then we get a lot of that content in the expanded universe now. But... Mm-hmm. Um, I think by the time episode two rolled around, I really found, looking back, I think Padme to be a great extension of the character of Leia, which really was her point. But, you know, growing up on the on the original trilogy VHSs, I never questioned Leia as a character in terms of her strength and her leadership ability. And I think that that kind of blossomed further with seeing Padme in the prequels to this day and i think it's thanks to star wars i've never questioned the strength of female characters their ability to take the lead um you know their ability to be the heroine in the story like padme mm-hmm. didn't need anyone to save her sure anakin and pat uh, and uh, obi-wan were there protecting her but she you know fights for herself and you know mm-hmm. fights on their behalf just as much as the opposite and i think that was kind of a a big part and a, and a big lesson to kind of carry forward, not just into Star Wars, but into the real world and into stories from other universes as well. Yeah. I'm God. Absolutely. I think that like you guys, my, my, my thoughts on that part of Padme were a little more subliminal as a kid because I was again, looking at like, Oh, she's really cool. And this is really fun. But I was more about Anakin and Obi-Wan and all that stuff. Um, but then as I've gotten older, honestly, a large part of my love for Padme has come from the books and it's come from the fan community as a whole. Because I had no idea Padme meant so much to so many like cosplayers, fan artists, things like that. Because you go to these, these cons and you see Star Wars Celebration photos, Padme is everywhere. 
And as I started getting more into that side of Star Wars, I was like, okay, why Padme? Because I always assumed it was Leia. I always assumed it was, like, these other characters that people liked more. But she came up more and more in the interviews with these these fans on what she meant to them in the early 2000s, like, really kind of made me look at her a whole new way. And now when I watch the films, I'm, like, so stoked for the Padme parts. I, like, I love yeah. seeing her. When it's announced in a comic that Padme is going to show up, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I, I get actually excited, and I think I give a lot of credit of that to the community, which is interesting. And, and on that note, I want to ask you guys, it does seem, like, weirdly in the last, let's say, two or three years uh, – with things like Queen Shadow, which things like the Age of Republic Padme comic, and like TV shows with her coming up in the Clone Wars again, like, why is this the character that the larger community seems to have really taken under their wing so recently? Because these, I mean, she's been out of movies since 2005. Like, why do you think 2018, 2019, 2020 has become like the time of getting Padme to the forefront? Hmm. I, I think it's a good question. I think part of it is time is kind to Star Wars films. And even though there was a lot of vitriol out there for the prequels, uh, I think a lot of that is fading away. And there's a lot more of an appreciation for it, especially with the generation that grew up with them kind of getting more to that content creation phase. Uh, if mm-hmm. you follow Ahmed Best on Twitter, he talks a lot <laughs> about this too, how George Lucas told him like, there's going to be hate for these movies, but in the future, people are going to be more accepting. And I think that's been entirely true. The other aspect, I think, is that Padme, her story is a tragedy, ultimately, mm-hmm. right? And, yeah. And we like a classic tragic tale, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And we've, like forbidden love, uh, yeah. a job she never quite asked for, and then an early death at the hand of – like it, it's, it is pretty Greek, honestly. It is. And I think that that is – in a way makes us, even though we appreciate that story, feel – robbed of her story and and what we think as a character she could have accomplished in the larger story and so i think we're still kind of scrabbling to get more and more about her because we we want to have that experience Mm -hmm. absolutely well on that note i want to i want to ask the bigger question on that right so speaking of her death in revenge of the sith has been widely talked about we've talked about it on this show how there is literally a medical term for dying of a broken heart there's people that say you know, was Sidious using the Force to suck the life out of her to put into Anakin? Um, what did he did he actually do damage Anakin? Like actually damage her when he was Force choking her? Like all these different reasons Padme could have died, right? But in the film, it's like she died of a broken heart, and that has been pretty controversial because it's taking a strong female character that has had all this agency and all this stuff, and at the end, she gets so sad that she dies because the guy she loves is leaving essentially, and has gone down a horrible path. Do you guys think, at this point in our Star Wars lives, that was still a good choice for the story? Or do you, have you, like, reckoned, come to terms with it based on some more EU stuff? Hmm. I think that's that's a hard question. I acknowledge it. That's why Gosh, I'm asking it yeah. first instead of answering. Well, <clears throat> I think uh, I think the first thing we have to address, you know, Charles and I are, are doctors, right, uh, like on, on the show, right? So that is why we start every show saying that, absolutely. <laughs> that, is, that is. That is true. We, it's, we in are... our con- it's in my contract. It's the only thing in my contract. <laughs> <laughs> That's written in crayon. <laughs> uh, 
yes. So, you know, we've never really talked about Star Wars medical stuff on this show. We probably should at some point. We I mean, do keep you know, saying that's going to be a future we episode. Will. We got to put we it do. on the schedule. We do. I think the reality of the matter is that, that Charles and I do this for a living. So we're like, we don't really want to talk about medicine. We want to talk about Star Wars. <laughs> right. Right? So maybe we can mix the two of us some, somehow. So, you know, let's talk about let's talk about dying from a broken heart for a second. Because this is a real medical condition. Um, Takasubo cardiomyopathy. That's how you pronounce it, right, yep. Charles? Is it Takas- yep. Takasubo? There's the next T-shirt. Yes, yes, right the next there. T-shirt. <laughs> Takasubo cardiomyopathy. This is a uh, this is a very bizarre medical phenomenon in which uh, the essentially the muscles of one of the major chambers of the heart, um, like they contract in response to a phenomenal emotional stressor. Okay, so this is a real thing. Um, a lot of times you hear, like, you see you see this stuff about, like, an older couple that died within minutes of each other, mm-hmm. things like that. Like, it, that's often the case is, is the Takasuba cardiomyopathy. You hear crazy stuff of a, a bride who was killed in a tragic car accident on the way to the honeymoon, right? And the husband suddenly dies a couple days later, Takasuba cardiomyopathy. So in, in medicine, we do call this broken heart syndrome. That's the actual, like, layman term for it is broken heart syndrome so this is a real thing right so the fact that um you know padme dies from this tragedy is actually not that medically far-fetched there's a lot of weird medicine in star wars um but this one is actually pretty viable uh the i think the biggest point of criticism about this is uh the doctor the doctor droid or whatever the the uba (laughs) With the, you know, the, 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 the two hands, hands the speculum <laughs> yeah, hands, yeah. the he comes up to Obi-Wan and this is, this is, this is the problem with, with mixing Star Wars and medicine and, and he or she, whatever, whatever, I guess she is the, the droid, the droid <laughs> is like, she's lost the will to live. Like, eh, yeah. no, that's, that's not really it. Like, it's oh, not that she's man. lost the will to live. It's that her heart is literally contracted in a way that, that cannot be explained. That's, that's what actually has happened. Whoa. So, if they if they if they That's, had let it if the droid had said if the line had instead of being she's lost the will to live if she if the droid had said her heart is failing and we cannot explain it that would have no more controversy that yep. would have that would have solved all the medical controversy because it has a viable That's actually an important delineation too her will to live versus that she's so overwhelmed with emotion that her body her heart is failing her <laughs> Yeah, because Padme is one of the most willful people in Star Wars, I would say. Yeah. Like, the, the strongest, yeah. like, if you're talking about just base will, this is a woman who has been in charge of people yelling at her since she was, like, 10 years old. And it's just constantly fought back, fought back, fought back. So that's an interesting point. Uh, sorry, real quick. Uh, Joxy over on Facebook just brought up, what about Debbie Reynolds dying right after Carrie Fisher? Mm, that's very interesting. Like that know. hit me, so thank you for ruining my day with that thought. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. yeah, I mean, you see this. You see this. I mean, it's it's relatively uncommon, but it's not so uncommon that like we don't know how to recognize it. We certainly study it in medical school. Um, I've never personally seen it. Charles, have you seen it? Any patients ever? I haven't personally seen it. No. I've not either. I, I've heard some case studies, and I've read the case studies and stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe I'll come across it sometime in our career. But I'm not really sure. I, I love to chat with a cardiology a cardiologist about how common this actually is. But you know, like I remember learning about this in medical school, and, and Padme was the example in my wow, life. yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like 100%. Like doing test questions. That's that's sort of a trick in medicine. They teach you when you, you have all these standardized tests. Is like to think about 
cases and you read case studies and there's always a story associated with the case, mm-hmm. right? If you can if you can picture in your mind the case itself, you're more likely to remember the answer, right? So yeah. Padme was my answer when thinking about Takasubo cardiomyopathy because it's a weird word. It doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Why yeah. is it called that? You know what I mean? So it was uh, that was my test strategy is thinking about Padme. So that's funny that this get brought up well and one of the interesting things too about padme specifically is that even though she's died there has been this kind of loophole that has been created in the last i mean it was created in phantom menace but it's really been exploited the last couple of years to keep her story going and that's the story of sabe who is the first name on my shirt if you're watching live um i am wearing our handmaiden shirt that Corey expertly designed a while back with all the handmaidens from queen shadow um sabe of course at the top uh if you, spoilers ahead for the current slash on hiatus slash I hope coming back soon Darth Vader comic um, that's been releasing through Marvel, uh, they have allowed Sabe to come up in other stories to essentially take the part of what Padme would have done. Or like search for Padme as a, because a, a literal double, right, was created by George Lucas. So now authors are like, wait a minute. We can't bring her back from the dead necessarily. Well, so far, to be honest. This is not a... In the future, when people listen to this podcast, maybe she has. But (laughs) at this point in 2020, they can't bring her back from the dead. But they can have her almost identical body double, who was around her forever, live out some storylines. Like, can you guys think of another storyline in Star Wars that is that unique and that much of, like, a loophole for authors? No. Not with a... Not with essentially a double. Like... Yeah. And I mean the the thing about it is like it's so perfect because why does Anakin do everything that he does that turns him into Vader is to save the one that he loves right and he can't exactly. do it and that's the whole point and that's his downfall and then it, you you see him in all of the comics and some of the expanded universe thinking that he can somehow reach Padme somehow reach Padme and then you reintroduce someone who is almost identical to her in 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 both physical characteristics and personality. And you just see what happens. I mean, that's that is. There's so much drama in that, right? Yeah, and it's a story that you're like, that's so cool. And then when you read it, you're like, we didn't think of that before. Like as yeah. an like as a writer, how lucky are you? You must be because you got to think. Okay, someone's definitely written this. There's no way that I'm the first person to think about it. So I'm really excited to see what they do with Sabe, who has weirdly become one of my like. You you guys may have noticed on this show. I like to take random side characters and fall absolutely in love with them. No. Uh, Bail Organa, of course, being the top. Uh, but Sabe is a character that ever since Queen's Shadow came out, I have really just, like, latched onto and loved and really been excited for. So the fact that they're like, all right, yeah, we'll keep talking about her. That sounds good. Uh, makes me really excited. But if you, like us, are getting this kind of new appreciation for Padme, uh, you may wonder, okay, I've, I've watched all the Clone Wars. I have seen all the prequels so many times. I've read I've read maybe nothing involving Padme. Where can I go? Well, luckily for you, everyone, we have reading collections over at UTD, and we do have a collection all about Padme. So at the end of this show today, we are going to go over this collection and tell you where you can go next when wondering about Padme. To start off, guys, where else could I possibly start? But Queen Shadow, uh... And essentially, Queen's Peril, which will be, again, coming up June 2nd. Pre-order now. Just casually uh, holding coming your, up soon. your copy. Yep. No big deal. <laughs> no big deal, no at all. Uh, but Queen's Shadow by E.K. Johnson is the premier Padme book. I mean, 
Guys, have we talked about any book on this show weirdly more than Queen Shadow? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think we do. It was a joke for the longest time because we kept losing the audio from the uh, like roundtables. We did lost it twice. The Curse We've done of the Queen three... Shadow, man. Curse yep. of the Queen Shadow. We've done three roundtables. The final one actually was was really really great. And in the time of uh, in the time of losing all the audio, I think that. Charles and I really kind of changed our opinions of the book a lot. Yeah. Like we had a much more positive experience. I'm glad we lost the old audio. To be entirely honest with you, one <laughs> because Corey, were you on the first one, or was it always me? And- I was. It was a it was a really big group That's chat right. with a whole bunch of Utini right. folks. I think exclusively streamed this Facebook. Yep. And it wasn't very good. We were kind of mean. It honestly. was. Yeah. It, it was early on. It was not a great one. It was also when we were trying to like find our footing. Yeah. We and were. It was, we were trying was to figure great. out who we who we were, right. and like we had not yet fully established our opinion on like like how critical do we want to be, right? Like because there's a, there's a fine line between being critical and being mean, and we we hadn't quite found that yet. It's very it's a very very fine line to walk that we really put a lot of effort and energy into because we want we want to be kind. We don't want authors to think that we don't like their works because we certainly do even if we don't enjoy certain parts of certain books, right? Yeah. So um, we hadn't quite figured that out yet. So then, you know, I'm kind of glad we lost but it. But then Eric and I repeated it and we also lost it was just us two it was a one on one it was at least an hour if not more we lost that audio too i'm pretty sure that was my fault and then it it was, it was a rough <laughs> i remember i was like sitting in like i think a kitchen in alabama <laughs> Trying to like right. sweating without a fan right. to make sure like, the audio was I like good. Gave, I like gave like Charles like a crash course and how to record all this like over the phone. It wasn't at all adequate on my part oh, either. God, it was just a, it was technology guys. Utini and technology. We have a we have a long long. <laughs> we do, but the point together. being, I'm actually really glad we lost all of that audio because I'm glad that the the first conversation that we put out there was the one that we did because I don't know that yeah, I've ever yeah. really 180 that much. On a book, I I honestly was Me not either. a fan when I finished it the first time. Uh, you know, it was yeah. fun. I love Star Wars stories regardless, but I, it wasn't something I was going to pick up and read just of my own accord. And then sure. that became one of our goals here at Utini. We did it, and I'm super glad I did because it's it really is a fun book. Yeah, and and the reason why we put this at the top of the Padme collection is because it's fun and because it is so focused on the character. Like, E.K. Johnson really gets into her mind, and as a character that is, you know, put in, in a lot of the prequels to serve other characters and doesn't quite get her moments to shine as much as you'd want, this book is all her shining. It's her meeting her handmaids, it's her working together, it's her becoming a senator, and it's really excellent. So that is why it yeah. firmly sits at the top of our Padme collection. Yeah. Uh, second of all, we have a, a book that has already been mentioned on this podcast. It is the Attack of the Clones novelization by R.A. Salvatore Tori Tor Tori, um, who is a, a fabled uh, fantasy writer. Goes if you've right? read any of the, huh? He goes by Bob. I think he lives in the same town as someone on the Utini team. I can't remember. Yes, he does. Is it Jared? I think oh! it's Jared. I think Jared. I think it's Jared. Yeah, uh, which is awesome. He's written a bunch of the Dritstoerden. Uh, if you're a D and D fan, a lot of the Forgotten Realms books. He, but he also wrote the Attack of the Clones novelization, and he wrote Vector and, Prime. That's the yes, only he wrote other Vector book Prime. he's done. Uh, and then, because of the Star Wars community doing what it sometimes does, he no longer writes them because there were death threats wow, into his house. What do you know? Because people are people are assholes. No, that can't be right. Who would have no thought? But not at Utini. Join our Discord. <laughs> if you don't think there are good Star Wars fans out there, you gotta join our Discord. Absolutely. But Attack of the Clones novelization is great because a lot of that stuff we talked about being deleted from the movie 
that gives Padme some good stuff. A little dialogue that helps a lot is in this book. Uh, she's also on my cover. Charles, I just realized you and I do have the same cover yeah. of this book. Yeah. We have the Anakin Padme Django cover. Um, it does a great job to put that stuff back in. And what? why do you guys think that between Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith, the three novelizations are very different from each other? And are also kind of really expansive compared to maybe some of the other ones. Why do you think there's so much, like, put into the prequels as opposed to maybe, like, say, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, or some of the, even the original trilogy ones? Well, I think it's just, um, you know, just what we were talking about, sort of getting on our feet with the, with the first, uh, you know, the first uh, Queen Shadow roundtable we did. I think this is a good example of how the Lucasfilm business has changed over the years right like mm-hmm. when when the when the original trilogy books were released they were all released before the movies in fact every book was released before the movies other than the sequel trilogy fun fact um the, the original books were released like well before the movies everybody thought the movies were going to fail like all of them everybody said this next star wars film is going to be the one that fails <laughs> they never thought that the first star wars film was going to be a successful period none of the actors did you watch the behind the scenes stuff and they're like this is a big joke. There's no way this is going to be real. And then the final product was was spliced together by incredible editors, and it turned into a beautiful film. So, you know, I think I think why the books are so different is just the nature of its of its time, right? Yeah. By the time the prequel books had rolled around, <clears throat> George Lucas was well established, multi millionaire at that point, like incredibly successful franchise, a lot of pressure to to get it right with the prequel trilogy, and I think they had just sort of. They just sort of figured it out. They figured out like what they wanted to do with the films. Um, Lucas was actually more involved in the novelizations of the of the prequel trilogy more than I think he was in any other writing projects. He actually the the Range of the Sith novelization he hand edited. It's the only book like that was that's written in all of Star Wars that George Lucas actually put his final stamp of approval on because he got the document on his computer and corrected it himself. All right, that's the only book that's happened with. So so weird how that's like widely hailed as the best Star Wars book of all time. Yeah, George Lucas uh, doesn't know anything about Star Wars. I guess that's you know? right. Yeah, no, not a thing. <laughs> right, right. So it's just a, I think it's simply a product of its time mm-hmm. um you know the the, the prequel books came in an er- at an era of star wars where everyone was much more sure of themselves um whereas the sequel trilogy disney was trying to figure it all out i think we're just now finally getting to the part where disney is figuring it all out yeah because we we pretty unanimously really enjoyed ray carson's rise of skywalker novelization like regardless of your thoughts on the film it did finally really expand some stuff Totally. And honestly, with this Attack of the Clones novelization, especially for the Padme stuff and like the Django Fett, Boba Fett stuff, you could slap expanded edition on this book, no problem. Same with Phantom Menace. Yeah. Same with Revenge of the Sith. So yeah. if you want some more of those scenes, if you want some of those scenes with Padme, because again, with her death happening in canon, we're not going to get necessarily new content from her, but you can go backwards and get more stuff in this novelization specifically. Uh, third book, we're going to switch a little bit. We're going to go back to official canon and hit Thrawn Alliances, uh, which is the second in the, again, weirdly trilogy. That's not really a trilogy of canon Thrawn books. Um, but Padme is super featured in this book. She hasn't, like, the the book is split up kind of like a Game of Thrones book almost. There's Thrawn chapters and Anakin chapters and Padme chapters. But Padme is a vital character in this novel. And why do you guys think that Zahn decided to give her an entire storyline literally to herself in a book based on probably his greatest creation. Wow. That's, that's a good question. I think it's because he, he used this book really to explore the character of Anakin and Anakin's 
turn into mm-hmm. Vader, right? I mean, as much as it is a book about Thrawn, it is also a book about Vader. And I can't really say why he chose to make you know, that part of his story. But if you really want to hit the core of who Anakin is, you have to understand who Padme is as well. And so yeah. that's really, it's a dichotomy that that really had to be in this book if you're really going to get to that level. Because it's Thrawn in a lot of ways seeing through Vader and seeing him for Anakin. And so it really yeah. strengthens the book to have that, that Padme, uh, I don't even want to say subplot. It's almost like a co-plot, right? Like yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, on yeah. the same right. level. And and interestingly enough, one of the coolest pieces of art came out for Thrawn Alliances. You remember, I pulled it up on my phone here for anyone that's watching live. But this Padme art that they released uh, just before, you know, they they actually had this book come out. This was one of the big pieces of art that came out with her on Batu. Yeah, it, which is super cool that they like you know they're they're promoting this character that they love, this place that would eventually become this theme park that would change all of Star Wars forever. And then, also, here's Padme Amidala. She's on that level of importance with them. So you get an entirely new Padme story that is in canon, surrounding some pretty important events. Uh, so highly recommend Threat Alliances from our Padme. Fourth on our list, we already mentioned it, it's the Revenge of the Sith novelization. I mean, this... <laughs> There's not much that this book doesn't add to Star Wars. Every character in it gets expanded. Every plot line gets expanded. And that includes Padme as well. I mean, you want to f- somehow be even more crushed when she's killed at the end of the movie? Like, read the book. It is. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's so good. It's I don't so really good. have much to add. I, it, it hits you. It's we, just... we briefly we briefly talked about at the top of this episode that we were working on a, a, a best Star Wars books of all time. Verinda yeah. the Sith is the Utini best Star Wars book of all time. Yes. And I think a lot of this is absolutely to do with Padme and her role in the book, as well as her relationship with Anakin and the utter tragedy that is their relationship. Um, and, uh, God, it's so good. Obi-Wan and, and Padme, I think that's the most – that stands out to me more than anything else. Charles, I'm sure you have thoughts on that. Just a few. Just a few. I mean, the look at oh man, I, I, you guys want to just you, you want to just live stream the end of Revenge of the Sith after, after this. I mean, <laughs> the, all of the that weird time period between when Anakin falls and when Obi Wan and Anakin fight on Mustafar. There's such a weird aspect to those relationships, you know, between Padme really ultimately trusting Obi Wan. Obi-Wan kind of betraying her, and in, in, I'm saying kind of because I'm such an Obi-Wan fan, and like stowing away on the ship, <laughs> right, to get to Mustafar. Anakin, yeah. you know, accusing Padme of choosing Obi-Wan over him in that moment. I mean, it's it's really complicated, but it's so, so good. It's, oh, God, sorry, I, 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 as you were talking, I'm just reading through those last little pages, and it's it's horrifyingly good, but it's amazing. And Padme is given all the respect she deserves. Star Wars Render the Sith can't uh, give it up enough. And the last one is uh, a comic issue that we want to say. Uh, last year, year before, time doesn't matter, uh, they released the Age of Republic <laughs> comments, comics, which were a bunch of single-issue comics based on an era. So there was Star Wars Age of Republic about the prequels, Star Wars Age of Rebellion about the originals, and Star Wars Age of Resistance about the sequel trilogy. So they each followed a specific character. And Padme has her own comic, which is great. It's it's all Padme-centered. She's on an adventure. She gets to be a little sneaky. She gets to be a little uh, 
fun. She gets to have some action. Uh, Jody Hauser wrote it. And again, if you want some more Padme, it's a bite-sized offering, especially if you're not into um, Star Wars comics yet. This Age of Republic, Age of Rebellion series is pretty perfect with it because, you know, they're not huge series arcs. It's a one and done. You get a full story in a little bite-sized way and you get more Padme. So can't recommend that enough to round it out. But to reframe that, guys, we got Queen Shadow by E.K. Johnson. That's really all about Padme. We got Attack of the Clone Civilization, Ari Salvatore, that's putting a lot more Padme back in that movie. Thrawn Alliances by Timothy Zahn with one of the best Star Wars writers, basically giving her an entire plot to herself. Revenge of the Sith novelization by Matthew Stover, which, aside from being the best book of all time, is just incredible in the stuff against to Padme. And the Age of Republic Padme comic by Jodie Hauser, which is giving her her own story. So, to end our Padme talks, guys, how do you think Padme's legacy has changed thanks to the Expanded Universe? From if she had just stopped being on screen after Revenge of the Sith versus now, going forward, how is her legacy different? That's a a good question. Probably the most important question is of her character in general. I mean, Padme has gone from being a side character, romantic love interest like a means to an end to develop Darth Vader as a character to being her own independent free thinking her own goals and ambitions like she's such an important character in the grand scheme of things for a number of reasons like it's not just a tragedy tragedy that you know that Anakin was in love with Padme and and she died right the tragedy is that Padme was such an important player in the grand scheme of the Republic itself and that Anakin loved her as much as he did, and her death is really what drew him, drove him over the edge, right? So, like, mm-hmm. Padme is such a deep character. Like, she's probably the most deep, the character with the most depth of all of the prequel trilogy. I mean, she really is. Like, all the way through mm-hmm. the Clone Wars and everything, she's an incredible character. You know, we came from Queen Shadow, which we originally did not like that much. So when we paid much more attention to it, we absolutely loved it. And I'm like super stoked for Queen's Peril to come out. If you if you guys have not already pre-ordered this book, you got to do it. It's coming out soon. Um, and we're like, I'm I'm so stoked to read it because Padme is just she's so important in my mind as a as a female Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. And she's up there with Princess Leia as being the most important. So I'm jacked. Absolutely, Charles. What do you think? The legacy of Padme Amidala. I agree. I mean, I think it's still evolving, and I think we're going to continue to get these Padme stories because, as you said, we're kind of riding that prequel wave recently. But, um, you know, ultimately, yes, Anakin is the chosen one. Padme was the chosen one's chosen one and was every bit as important (laughs) as him, right? I mean, she was someone who had strengths where he had weaknesses, Um, but in a lot of ways they were very similar in their capability to love incredibly deeply. Um, and then we saw Anakin really pull that switch. Uh, he, I think ultimately betrayed Padme and that's, that's the tragedy of Star Wars in general. Um, as far as what we're seeing from Padme now in the expanded universe, again, I think it's the stories that we maybe subconsciously felt robbed of that we are currently getting in the canon. And I would like more because the more that we learn about Padme, the more appreciation I have for the character. Uh, That's held true up to this point. And I think it's going to continue to Queen's Peril and beyond. 
No question. I think the beauty of the Star Wars Expanded Universe is that it gets to do that. It gets to fill out characters more. It gets to go back and add these little additions to all these characters that we were robbed of too soon. Like you're saying, I love the fact that Padme has grown this much in our minds, in fans' minds, in the general idea of Star Wars. The fact that she is the one that kind of helped birth a rebellion that her daughter would continue that she is the reason that it starts. She's the reason that it succeeds. Um, and her legacy lives on far after her in the lives of the characters of Star Wars and also in the fans as they read. So on that, God, this character is amazing. I can't wait for more of her as the years go on. I'm sure we have read far from our last Padme story. But if you want to read the next one, make sure you get on that Queen's Peril train June 2nd. It is going to start the summer of Star Wars books. And on that, my friends, that is going to do it for this Padme-filled week's episode of The Living Force. If you are new, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and tune in every week to hear the crew at Utini talk about the Star Wars Expanded Universe. If you want to buy some of these books and want to help support the show, look up your book on Utini, click the Amazon link on the profile, and we'll get a few cents to help keep the lights on. If you'd like to help us out more directly, you can find us on patreon.com slash utini or on TeePublic, where our shirt designs are live. If you are an Inquisitor tier or up and you're watching live, head over to Patreon right now to join us for Aftermath, our after-episode discussion show. If you're already on Patreon, now is the time to upgrade. If you're not yet an Inquisitor or up, you do have time to make it into our live Aftermath, where we talk Star Wars and just hang out every week after our live show. A special thank you to Cheryl Bell, Alec Householder, Drew Everando, and Patrick Ortiz on our Jedi High Council, and Timothy Dunlap and Ross Orlando on our Alliance High Command for their amazing support of this show. We really appreciate it. You can find us on Twitter. I'm at Eric Eilerson. Corey is at DocStarWarsMD. Charles is at C. Hankel. A special thank you to Matt Davenport, our amazing editor. Freddie, our producer. And Wes, our co-host and community manager. Thanks to Corey and Charles for podcasting with me. And Wes for being here as well. And as always, may the Force be with you. There is no hatred. There is joy. There is no division. There is union. There is no apathy. There is passion. There is no gatekeeping. There is community. This is the Utini Star Wars Fan Code. Embrace it. Live by it. And above all, trust in the living Force. That's all for this week. Join our community and surround yourself with like-minded fans by visiting us online at utini.com. Until next time, may the Force be with you.